Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio. You know that no one likes my company anyway. But if you listen closely and talk intelligently, then maybe you can be a disappointment. We are live today with another installment of the Disappointing Radio Show. And before we start the show, we would like to say that the views and opinions of the Disappointing Radio Hour do not reflect the views and opinions of WWSU Radio, Wright State University, nor their entities. And now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your disappointment for the evening, Brighton Jones, the guy you never like to hear but still keeps coming back. Today, I brought two non-disappointments in. First, Brent... What's up? Hello, buddy. You are here again. You've been a reoccurring guest on the show, but today we are joined by a new guest, Patrick. Well, I'm not necessarily new for the, oh, yeah. for the station, but new, new for, for the you, show, maybe. and that's all that matters because we're the show that's hip happening and pip popping. <laughs> today, uh, like always, we're going to leave you guys with questions, and that's about it, really, just questions and being like, why did I spend an hour listening to this bagoon? What's the meaning of life? What, why am I here? The, uh, the first topic today is television, and more specifically, the point of television. Because TV, to me at least, is not a way to teach children morals, to do this, to that. To me, at its core, the television was created to entertain. And when it was created, the only thing they could entertain with was cigarette ads, white people <laughs> selling cereal, and like, <laughs> white ma- yeah, and, and things of that line. So I don't really view it as a tool that we wow. should use to teach children. But in all reality, I think we should use, we should view it as what it really is, which is a box that entertains us that every once in a while we get some valuable information out of. But we should look at it no more than just a box that entertains us. And I want to see what you guys think about that. I You're talking that. about the cereal box or the television? <laughs> the television, not the cereal box. <laughs> we talked a lot, a lot of boxes. I'm lost. What a that's a lot of box talk. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I don't really like whenever we watch. Everybody watches the news for like, you know what what you should and shouldn't think. And I've never kind of believed that because at its core, the news is just another entertainment channel, just filled with people's opinions. Like you shouldn't take it as fact. You should take it as like a grain of salt as someone. That's what they thought that day, and I don't. I don't. I think we we hold television to like a higher stature than it really is. When in all reality, it's just entertainment. Now, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and say that I don't. Even though maybe that's what news is, that's what it isn't supposed to be. It is supposed to be factual, objective, etc. But we've developed into a society where um, ratings come from, you know, things that cause us shock value, things that make us, you know, either fear or go. WTF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I can see you on that. What do you think, yeah. Brent? Uh, I think it's getting even worse now with mm-hmm. the fact that, uh, I mean, TV is really struggling. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really struggling to keep up with uh, all the internet media that we have available now. Right, and that's my other thought, is that the way the newspaper was like, it's not phased out, but we can definitely, to a at least a statement, say that it is being phased out yeah. by electronic devices. So at what point is the television itself, or at least live streaming, broadcasting, like television networks, when are those going to become obsolete because it's just that much easier just to do it from your phone or from stuff you have around the house versus getting a cable box or like setting up Spectrum? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I eventually see that priced, ending. And I don't know if that's going to happen like with an R 
era of time oh, because as sure. I mean, as we're like basic college students, to my knowledge, don't really watch television. It's all about Netflix, Hulu, Funimation, Crunchyroll, whatever you can use to yeah. just stream easy stuff right then and there because mm. cable sucks. You have to watch commercials you don't want to watch. Like, you have to be there eight to five during every yeah, day you have of to the be week there if you need time. repairs. Like, I, gotta, oh, I, gotta, I gotta watch Comedy Central at 2.30. That's when they show the Chappelle show. I would rather just look it up myself, you know? Like, I don't... Ugh. I've never been one to, like, conform to the rules and restrictions of television. Because, one, they don't air the stuff I want to watch anyways. At least not during yeah. the times I want to watch it. Like, I have to stay up super late to, like, a watch Adult Swim late at night on Comedy Central versus if you watch it during the day, it's like Teen Titans Go and then all of a sudden I want to blow my brains out. Like, it kind of <laughs> sucks. Like, I just want that availability and I think that's where yeah. people kind of forget that that's what was, that was the point of the television was to not give you availability. That's why they invented commercials. That's why they, like, sell bigger airtime. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me when people are like, why is the TV so terrible? And I'm like, well, that's because it was designed to be terrible. <laughs> I think that's why uh, so many families are ditching... Uh, any kind of cable or satellite and just strictly going, you know, like the Amazon fire sticks and stuff now, like those kind of things. Chromecast. It's all mm-hmm. I think another part of it has to do with our changing dynamic in society. Like for instance, uh, in the 1970s and 1980s, people could survive very easily off of one job. Nowadays, you can't even survive off of two jobs. So the availability of people's time has greatly been diminished over the years, which means it's becoming even more crucial to have on-demand access to what you want when you want it right then and there. Yeah. You can't wait around at 2.30 on a Wednesday for your favorite Comedy Central show anymore because guess what? You have work, you have school, yeah, you have to take of care stuff. of your kids. And I think that's where yeah. the rise of TiVo and like recordable items like found its dawn of like sales. And I think that mm-hmm. that era of electronic devices has probably hit its end. Mm-hmm. Not being sold in general but definitely it's peak like i can't yeah. see anyone being like god you know what i really hope i get for christmas a, a tivo <laughs> i cannot imagine anyone in their right mind being like tivo sounds like such a good purchase for jimmy like he would love it use it as college dorm no one wants a tivo no yeah. one would use it. i want an no. analog television <laughs> <laughs> one of those big bulky fat tvs with the rabbit ears on top of them <laughs> that don't even work because we don't do analog TV anymore. That's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, we still have radio. To, uh, <laughs> to shift gears a little bit, to start us off from an intellectual conversation to a more stupid topic, I want to break apart. Oh, that wasn't the stupid yeah, topic. Yeah. <laughs> dating websites. Oh, never doubt. Never yeah, never doubt. doubt this show getting worse. It will keep happening <laughs> until that last minute. Patrick, should websites. Like Christian Mingle, Black People Meet, FarmersOnly.com, et cetera, et cetera. Is it fine for those to exist? Should what there do you be a website? As fine, though. I guess existing. Should websites should- like that exist? Because, in my opinion, at least from this starting sentence, I view it as a way to exclude like a bunch of races and a bunch of people. And I don't think that that's what you should do when dating. Because I know that you have a right to your own sexuality and what you're attracted to. But at the same time, I think that websites like Black People Meet are kind of not pointless, but definitely hurt humanity a little bit because you're pushing this notion that black people should only be with black people or farmers should only be with farmers or Christians should only date inside their Christian bubble. When all reality, a Christian marrying someone who is Jewish is probably 10 times better because your different religious views will keep the relationship exciting and sassy in the bedroom. And dramatic too. And dramatic. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here just for shiggles. Okay. Um, 
Now, I don't know if this is really how black people meet was created. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to put that disclaimer out there. But let's assume black people meet was created because they wanted to uh, provide more accessibility to dating for those who identified black because we live we still live in a very white people world. That's true. In that case, what would your thoughts be on black people meet existing if black people meet was existing because of that reason? I don't know, because personally, I still look at it as a chance for black people to only date black people. And in my opinion, I think all black people should date all white people and all white people should specifically only look for all black people because interracial kids are the cutest kids and we should just keep making them. <laughs> well, then we'll all become like the, uh, what is it? The gore, gore locks or whatever on South Park. Those, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We'll all be one uni race. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's the goal, I guess. What do you think? Do you think Brent, Christian Mingle, Black People Me, all these kind of websites, they should exist or they shouldn't? Based I mean, on, I guess, the premise that in creating these websites adds on to the problem that people are too uncomfortable to date out of social norms. I mean, I guess if that's your thing, that's your thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're thinking about, um, let's say, uh, you know, we're the type of people that, you know, whatever, whatever sparks interest, sparks interest. But if in another case... If you're somebody that's already on that website and made that choice, then the, uh, the same thing's true for the person on the other end. Mm, so, I mean, true. they're both already kind of locking themselves down to that thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't really see it hurting anybody. Because uh, I don't look at it as a bad thing. And I don't look at, you know, blackpeoplemeet.com as some website that, like, is there to exclude white people. Because by all means, white people don't need to be included in anything else. We've say, been included in everything throughout all time forever. So we're good on credibility. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw in another argument in here. I'm going to bring in the culturalist perspective for a okay. moment. So a lot of these dating websites that provide inclusivity kind of target the individualist rather than the uh, uh, um, collectivist. Sorry, not the culturalist. Collectivism is what I'm thinking. Um, we'll see if that you guys okay over there? Yeah, we're we're trying to debunk Brent's mic problems because it <laughs> looks ridiculously so low. It does. Okay, checking, checking. One, uh, two, three. Yeah, we're, we'll we're just do it better. live. We're getting better. <laughs> that's the best time to do it. Yeah, right. Uh, so we'll bring in the collectivist perspective. A lot of a lot of thoughts with regards to collectivism is maintaining the tribe, maintaining the family, and things right. like that. Uh, for instance, there are certain there there are tribes that want to keep within the tribe, and so you know, dating outside of the tribe. Is pretty much a violation because then you got a different set of different blood, yeah, being passed into your tribe, and that could be detrimental to your tribe yep. as a whole. I kind of uh, see that. So, from a very like that, naturist another, view, I think that's another possibility for creating these niche mm -hmm. types, keeping of dating keeping websites. specific genetics the same, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then again, do we really want to keep farmer genetics as they are? <laughs> or Trump and, genetics? Yeah, one of the arguments someone made was like, why isn't there a whitepeoplemeet.com? And I'm like, that's you don't because it's already one. Christian Mingle. That's what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah, Christian Mingle. There you go. Christian Mingle is basically just a bunch of white people that are just really religious. Being like, we should date, but wait till marriage. Like, that sounds like super fun. You know what I'd love to hear is uh, the calls uh, to tech support uh, <laughs> for, for farmers only. Like... How do I get this dang machine to work and put My the photo gosh up darn there? router hooked me up with one of them city girls, and I think that that was supposed to be a restriction on this website. It asked how many acres out in the fields do I live. I put minimally 60. She was two acres outside of the city line. Now, that is just ridiculous, if you ask me. Like, I can't imagine the complaints from FarmersOnly.com, and, like, they're like... I. 
I hooked up with a girl who liked rap, and that was the only complaint. Oh, no. And they were just that. like, what? <laughs> I think your uh, device is that. a little defunct because it matched me up with somebody I, that has a restraining order on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's my sister. Thanks <laughs> for the help. <laughs> That's my sister. And and also my cousin and also my niece. It's a very complicated <laughs> cycle of relationships slash family issues. I don't know what a family tree is. I know what a family circle is. <laughs> but uh, I can make a family tree in my backyard keeping, with you. Keeping on the topic of undone there. zippers, I walk <laughs> around with my zipper like fifty percent down. Like, almost all the time. Like, my zipper is halfway down all the time. And I don't know what to do about it, because I'm generally trying my best, and I don't know what more I can do. Just before we came in the studio, I was like, why is my zipper down? I don't know if I'm just getting fatter, and I'm stretching my jeans apart, or maybe it's the way I work, but we're going to debunk this. Wait, which what je- causes which zippers to go down? These jeans. I don't know what's going on. Like, oh, so you're not ripping your jeans? No, jeans. they're not ripping. Wink, they're just wink. always being undone, as if a ghost <laughs> is always trying to get frisky with me or something, or maybe I'm just expanding at an exponential rate that my jeans are like, I can't hold this mass. But like, I always have my fly down, and I don't know what to do about it. Do you guys run into this issue? Like, Not at all. I'm trying to hold none. a tumor. Can you remember here. the last time you were walking around and you were like, oh my God, my zipper's down. I guarantee that happened to me not even like five hours ago. That's how frequent of an issue this is to me. And I don't know if it should be this frequent of an issue that I'm literally always finding my fly down. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you might want to check your fly right now. <laughs> it's down right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no way. My point proven in point. <laughs> But like I don't know. We rest this. I know what some what, people. What do. causes flies to go down? I guess start with that. Uh, tight jeans. I noticed. Yeah. Tight jeans. Thing. Like if I if I'm wearing tight. tight pants or something like that. Um, I, I can't even zipper. zipper right, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I got no idea. But I do know what some people do is uh, they'll take a paper clip and put the little paper clip through the little tip on the zipper. Just the tip. And then take that and wrap it up, and then loop it on the uh, the button so it stays. stays okay, tight that's that. a clever idea. Why do we have zippers? Why don't we just have button jeans? Because I have a couple pairs of like buttons are annoying. Yeah, but they never fail. Yes, they do. When the button falls off, you dig No, I'm talking bones. like not like little buttons with thread. I'm talking like metal buttons that you they gotta still like, fall off. Yeah, but the, not in your lifetime. Sure, they have. Oh god, Fast they have some really terrible pants. I have lost. Metal it's what happens before. when girls are always trying to claw in them, Patrick. You gotta. Oh, I've you never gotta, had that you problem keep, before. <laughs> you gotta keep replacing yeah, liar. them. <laughs> but uh, I guess keeping the, I guess train track on the same word scheme of down. <laughs> should we cure Down syndrome? <laughs> can you? Can you and should we? I mean, if you can, yeah, go for it. Why? There's a big debate to say, should uh, we? I see what you're Down getting syndrome? at. I see kind of like some hearing people, autism or something pe- Some like people that. view it as a opportunity for some specific individuals to be born with different mindsets and different capabilities of understanding the world. And mm-hmm. they don't view that as something of a disease or something that needs curing. But if you look at it by definition, it is an abnormality into the human genome. Therefore, it is not normal. Therefore, it must be cured. But no one really knows what to say about it is because in my own personal opinion, I think no one wants to talk about it because no one wants to offend anyone with Down syndrome. But the fact of the matter it is it's a syndrome. It's something we diagnosed. It's something that is not wrong with someone, but it is an abnormality. Well, it's a disability. By the, by the yeah. same logic, I can say my fingerprint is abnormal. 
Right. And I guess I don't know how <laughs> you deem Down syndrome to the masses. Do you view it as a sandbag or do you view it as a different pair of glasses? You see what I mean? Like I would say a different pair of glasses. Because However, I had a professor one time tell me yeah. um, disabilities in terms of like limbs and stuff like that not being there should mm-hmm. not be cured. He said we should not be trying to like fix the genome of babies being born without limbs because it's not a disability. But in my head, I'm like, that's 100% a disability. And I don't know where you're coming from on that one. Yeah, like, I think it up. depends on the individual who has the condition. Okay. Uh, I guarantee the guy who said that had all his freaking appendages. He like. did. That was the other thing. He didn't have his hair. So maybe that's where he thought he was like, correct. I don't like, have my hair. I'm disabled. You must I'm lose bald. your arms. I don't think bald I'm people bald, are disabled. So I, know, I have more room to store stuff in my yeah, brain right. because I don't have Right. Hair. Anyway, um, where was I going with this? I think it leads, I, I think it's uh, up to the individual who has the condition whether or not um, they consider it a disability. Okay. Uh, like, for instance, if somebody who has Down syndrome legitimately cannot function in society and really wants to Has a, a hard cure, time doing basic human things that mm-hmm. we have deemed are accomplishable by a specific age and because they are... Sin- syndrome disorder whatever you want to call it is holding them back to me that seems like a reason to cure it right yeah under one condition as long as they have been provided with the opportunity to learn about uh all the how to manage the condition like if they legitimately have not been given the chance it's worth working a little bit more on living with it versus curing it if they were given the information uh to allow them to live with it and they they still can't live with it, then yeah. The reason why I say that is because a lot of people will, you know, use it, use like uh, any kind of Down syndrome, uh, being deaf, etc. They'll say, uh, well, that person is disabled and never succeed in society, but they never have the chance to actually like educate themselves and do research on yeah, what it is. Yeah, they go straight into like and how-tos and like work help. and not like mental comprehension stuff. Yeah. So if they've legitimately gone through that kind of research um, and been given that opportunity, I think that should be the first priority is education of the condition and how to live with it. But okay. in certain Do situations... Do you think there's any weight in the in the topic of just curing it, just to cure it? Like what, what, what do you think would happen if we just like one day were like, hey, we can cure Down syndrome. And now all of a sudden we're presented with this switch. Do we do it or not? Because a lot of people argue that Down syndrome has helped us birth specific things in the world, like arts, music, creative mm-hmm. things that would not have happened if not Down syndrome had existed. Just exactly. as the same argument exists, um, do you cure autism? Because yeah. people with autism think on a different plane and are better with like computers and programming and stuff like that because they mm-hmm. think on that kind of level of complexity easier versus like us where we think of like nature and creative stuff easier. Wouldn't it be true? I don't know if this is true or not. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wouldn't it be true if we did cure autism? We're talking many years ago. Many years. Like if it's we not going to happen if, anytime soon. No, I'm, I'm talking like if we were to have cured it many years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Would we have eliminated Albert Einstein? There was, mm. there was a lot of talk to say that those people, uh, Carl Sagan, Albert Einstein, people like that were a hundred percent like not autism or not autistic but they would have been classified at least as a child 
of being autistic because mm-hmm. like Albert Einstein didn't speak, I think, until he was like six or seven. Yeah. And, and that's were... a big like red flag for people with autism that they yeah. don't speak or they don't like have <clears throat> social gears in their head that allow them to function as well as other people. But they function better in their own mind due to their way they think, which is association by picture. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I there was once an interview uh, by Temple Grandit. And she said that it works on an association of pictures. So if you gave her something really hard, obviously not like a car or house because everyone can visualize a house or car, like albatross, she would start with like a wheat field. And then all of a sudden it's not wheat. It's something like specific that albatrosses eat. And then she's thinking back to like how you can cut it up into squares and how those squares go to zoos and how she's seen an albatross. Like it's just like association by relation and you'll eventually get there, I guess. And I think that's one of the reasons why people who are autistic uh, test very high typically in the IQ because they I think have, that's so too because they, they have, have such crazy level of memorization that they can yeah, just pull can, information out of nowhere. Exactly. They, they are able to, with a sharp mind, distinguish patterns and connections between things. Yeah, I think autism was once quoted by someone to be the most prominently useful internal search engine. Yeah, that, so it's yeah. it's like a Google, but only for you, and only you can operate it, and it's only stuff that you've seen. But it because is a there's Google. A, you're, there's a unique way that people with um who have autism access that information in their head, right? And that also makes me think, like, what if you could tap into that? Now the question is, okay, instead of curing it, what if you, you used autism yeah. to its full potential of what it could be, which and, is off the top of my head some kind of crazy like memorization of encrypting codes for the government or memorizing like a bunch of crazy facts and winning the spelling bee like you know what i mean like yeah like what if you could capitalize on that i want to i don't want to say disorder but like like, what else are you gonna call it i guess so i believe it was google if i'm not mistaken um actually are tapping into that power as we speak (laughs) Uh, they 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 are uh, committed to hire like part of their job is committed to hiring specifically people who identify as autistic. Okay, and they've made a short documentary on why that is, and that is because um, autistic people have such strain certain strains in the job market that mm-hmm. non-autistic people cannot fulfill. Yes, and I also pattern agree with recognition. That. Uh, the way they don't need to socially, they don't need so, they, they don't, don't need, need a social socialize. substance. They just need to like mm-hmm. work and do a good job. And, and that's of course not the case for everyone. But like yeah. the majority of the time, someone with autism is very focused on the task at hand because yeah. they get more satisfaction not out of making a good joke socially, but more out of like completing something and being proud of it because it's yeah. tangible and it's something physical that they can remember and they hold that to i think a higher value and not only that but autistic people have a very acute awareness of uh predicting like things that might go wrong in the future with the current situation or uh, setup that they have so they have a great sharp eye for uh distinguishing things that can happen abnormalities yeah they're they have a they have a sharper eye as they call it that's especially useful for a company like Google who is in the tech industry because mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole bunch of things that can go wrong in the tech, tech industry and technology is very logical and pattern focused, which is great for people who identify as autism, uh, autistic 
who have that very acute awareness of patterns and logic. And I agree with that too. My, I guess, concern with it is that a lot of people think that people with autism are being, I guess, used almost Mm, like objects because they don't need that social interaction. They can treat them like objects because they don't need it. But in all reality, they're still people and you should Mm. still treat them as such. And I think that's where we kind of get lost in translation of really how to deal with autism in the workplace. Yeah, And I think that's one... I guess not downfall of man, but it's definitely something we're not utilizing to our full strength, I guess. Because, I mean, I don't think people with autism are being specifically like treated like crap, but I definitely don't think they're being treated with the respect that they deserve because mm-hmm. people just assume either they don't know what's going on and they can do whatever they want, or it's a case of, I don't know if it's a case of they think like it's almost like a baby to where they won't remember it or whatever. But in in all reality, someone with autism remembers everything. They remember and more you need than to, you can remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you need to treat it completely different because if anything, you're scarring them and they're going to remember you 20 years from now about the really bad thing you did. And that's kind of a scary thought because what would you do if you had perfect memory? I mean, I don't even know what I'd do with that. I, I think I'd be I a really great musician. To- well, I would be driven to a sanity be to be honest, because I would remember every little thing, bad thing that happened. Or I think that's a. I, I, I don't know what disorder that is. I guess I don't oh, know if you call it disorder, but there, but there is a there is something like that to where like you can remember everything forever. Oh, yeah, and there some a, people remember themselves being born, and I don't yeah. know how I would feel about that. Yeah, there there was actually a documentary done uh, several years ago. I can't remember what it was by or who the person was, but I re- I remember. <laughs> it's one of those remember days. I remember a documentary about a person who can remember everything he's done every day for the last 20 or so years. That's crazy to me. Like with acute awareness. Too. Yeah. Like if really it, heightened sense of detail. There. You could tell, mm-hmm. he could tell you specifically like how many times he tapped his pencil mm-hmm. on the desk that day. And that's crazy. Is mm-hmm. that not like a little superpower? It's like if you installed a multi petabyte hard drive in their brain or yeah and it's like, just like i can keep remembering but uh we're infinite storage it's not quite 30 on the on the clock on the board but i guess now is a good time as ever we'll uh we'll take a small break get you back here and we'll get some more ridiculous topics coming your way just in a sec ladies and gentlemen you're listening to wwsu 106.9 fm fairborn dayton Dayton's right choice. Stony Hollow reminds us this year that texting and driving never mix. Did you know that one in four car accidents are caused by distracted driving? Stony Hollow Landfill knows that no text message is worth the risk. That's Stony Hollow Landfill on the air because they care. If you are tired of mainstream radio, then tune in to WWC 106.9 FM, Fairborn Dayton, Dayton's right choice, and we also live stream at WWC106.9.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a sm- short break that we are mandated to take because I don't feel like saying that I wanted to take break. Now, we're going to shift gears a little bit, uh, talking a little bit less about autism and a little bit more about nude beaches. America <laughs> has way less nude parks, beaches, bunch of that kind of Ooh, stuff. It has way more less nude locations that you can be publicly than anywhere else, especially Europe. Europe yeah, has Europe. a crazy amount of nude everything. Mm. And I think I've got the reason why. Fat people don't like to go to nude beaches. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I wish have, you ever, have you been to a nude beach? <laughs> no, that's why I was going to say, I don't think that's true. Because because America is one of the more predominantly obese countries in the world, that's the reason why we don't have as many nude parks, because we don't like to look at big ball, big orbis walls of people on the beach. We or like to look at <laughs> We like general. to look at skinnier people. Or the fact that if you're fatter, I think secretly, by association, people think you have something to hide. Versus mm-hmm. someone who's skinny, because if someone's skinny, you're like, I I know what they had for dinner, a crouton and a salad. Versus someone who's like a million pounds, you already have like a billion questions like, how did they get that fat? What did they eat? Like, you are you already don't trust them as a person. Okay, so I have uh, several things I want to say. First off, um, somebody who eats a salad and a crouton could also be fat, because have you ever thought about cows and what they eat? They're super fat, and all they eat is They're grass. big boys, and they only uh, eat grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Your diet doesn't necessarily dictate your weight. Okay. Sorry, dietitians. <laughs> uh, another thing I want to say Every dietitian is, just I races over. Goes, like, How dare you? I think the concept of nude beaches, and not just nude beaches, but nudity in general, the outlook on nudity, mm-hmm. depends a lot on uh, very deep concepts. Like, for instance, um, how we view sexuality in this country. Yes. And, and how we tie it in we don't incorrectly with nudity. Yeah, and we don't specifically have a good track record for regarding sexuality as a good topic because too, yeah. just recently in the last decade, homosexuality just got the right to marry in America, which is crazy to me because every other country was like, hey, we don't care if you like men. We're cool about it. Versus America, like, you like a guy, you're not a person. And that's kind of wrong. Yeah, so we're in a very we're in a very judgmental society when it comes to sexuality. Like, we judge people simply for talking and mentioning about sex. Mm-hmm. It's like... You don't talk about masturbation. You don't talk about what you did in the bedroom last night. But other countries are so pro-talking about it. And I don't know where we adopted this mentality of like, you're not allowed to talk about willies on the TV. I think it's largely a religious influence. You think it's something... I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Some Christian jazz that we got a long time ago. Well, not just Christian. You could... You could easily blame the, you know, Baptists, Mormons. You could easily blame a lot of traditional religions for this. Uh, And in fact, if you look at the progression of religion over time, we go way back, for instance, to the uh, time of Greece and Rome. Mm -hmm. They were very open about nudity. They held depicted it on statues. Yeah, that was a common thing. Nude Olympics. Nobody ever thought about the nudity then. I mean, it was natural. It was a social norm. And then things just went downhill from there when we started instituting these traditionalist religions like uh, Judaism, um, Christianity. I can name a bunch of religions off. Uh, but once we get that in the picture, um, the the outlook on sexuality just went down. It started becoming more conservative. Oh, it's only between a man and a woman, and it's only for marriage. You don't talk about what happens in right. your sex life. And I think as that kind of went on, the scale for mm-hmm. what Americans deem as taboo got wider and wider. Yeah. In all reality, the things that we were including as a taboo was like no more weird than being with a monogamous couple like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's just like i think it's about perspectives and i think to you it may sound crazy but to tom in florida sitting on a balloon until it pops may sound like the sexiest thing known to man but it doesn't matter because that's what he likes and he's not doing it to hurt anyone he's not doing it to you know what i mean like it's and here's another you it's funny you bring that up he's not doing it to hurt anybody Mm -hmm. one of the arguments used for public indecency is you're hurting other people because you're offending them. Okay. So 
And I think it's one of the most ludicrous arguments you can make because the act of being offended is your personal choice based off of your personal belief. Right. It has nothing to do with your actual survival, your actual safety, etc. Seeing somebody who is nude, what is that going to do to you? Nothing. Personally, you can get a little peeved off because your potential child may have seen some nudity, but at its core, what well, are you teaching children your children? Yeah, what, what are you teaching your children that you that nudity can't is wrong nude, and shameful? You your body be, is shameful. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I don't like America's outlook on like nude beaches, nude parks, because we really don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. But Europe and like places like that, they're everywhere. Yeah, literally everywhere, and I don't understand why we don't have more. And mm-hmm. I think it's just because we have this monogamy mindset that we're not supposed to be nude public. We're not supposed to sleep around. We're not supposed to do things. We're not supposed to be creative in the bedroom. We're supposed to be very uh, like vanilla saltine cracker, very bland kind of get the job done. When all reality, sexuality is your chance to express and share and be creative, but also enjoy inward, I guess. I have two more things I want to bring out because I could go on all day about this but i have two more important things i want to bring up first off i think another um factor in this is the uh the the rape culture that we have here in america Mm -hmm. and how we view rapists and perpetrators yes um so because of all of these uh stories of rape uh getting in the news and we're publicizing rapists quite a bit a in our like society. It's, it's yeah. a hot topic issue. Yeah, if you're I'm not even saying like rape is not You don't even have to be it's, found guilty yet. The moment mm-hmm. like one person says like so and so did something, it's like headline news. Yeah. And that's crazy to me because that used to honestly be a huge issue mm-hmm. to even get like any kind of rape charge to the public light. Now it's almost impossible not to see one like every other day from someone new. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that transition, maybe it was so, the Me Too movement, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. Something happened at so, some point. <laughs> like I said, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that we're bringing to light yeah. this which is, issue. Which I agree But with. I don't think it's being done in the right way. Publicizing the heck out of the rapists and the perpetrators is doing the society, well, I want to word this correctly. The actual bringing awareness of what is happening in in the country, I think is okay. But the fact that we're publicizing it and we're giving everyone it, a voice, we're making it very fear based. Um, okay. And the fact that, you know, like, oh, this person did it, it could happen to you. That kind of thing. Right. Okay. Um, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. So that fear based notion has been building in our society. So now, even if we put aside all but of then our. Again, other- we are a society that has functioned off of fear for yeah. like ever. Like, when it was World War, whatever, it was mm-hmm. like, you got to buy the bonds. You got to support the troops. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yep. We're going to die. The commies are coming. The blah, 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 Red Scare. Like, we are a society that has fueled off of fear. Mm-hmm. So it's not that crazy to say, oh, this is just another thing that we've allowed to fall victim to fear and since has been sucking off the tea to fear f- yeah. ever since. So where I'm going with that is the fear that if we were to introduce nude beaches, we would have more sexual perpetrators. Okay, but then would we Which not I don't necessarily justifiably say like, oh, because Europe has like nude beaches and doesn't have as many like attackers and stuff like that. Isn't that enough evidence to say like, hey, maybe we should throw some nude beaches and parks? Because I don't I mean, I don't get why people need them so much. 
But in Europe, people need them a lot, apparently. And I guess if, so, if they're predominantly be... useful there, maybe they have seen something that we don't quite yet see eye to eye and on. And that was going to be my second point that okay. I was going to bring up, is the, the benefits of being nude, uh, which a lot of people here in America don't want to see, or, well, they don't see and they don't want to see. naked. You don't get a lot there's of chances. That, yeah. So there's that, but there's also several other things. The obvious one is uh, you get more sunlight. We're all very <laughs> lacking in vitamin D, which you can get naturally from the sun. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I guess that is a benefit. You just get sunscreen. every every angle and crevasse of your body would get a nice little yeah. boost of vitamin D. That's get a little second, D in you. So that's the second benefit to nudity. Nudity is uh, your body gets air. It mm-hmm. gets ventilation. Your your penis is not supposed to be concealed in a piece of underwear cloth forever. For yeah, all the it's time. Not, that's why they smell bad and muster up sweat is because you contain them like a Vienna sausage. In fact, there's a, I don't know how true it is, but there's a claim that the, that Scotsman air quotes. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that it's just the Scottish people, but people who wear kilts. Men who let without, it fly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, have more fertile sperm than I those that. who don't. Because they're because not going as under as much friction and I guess damage. Mm-hmm. I, you can't really call it damage because like it's not a ton, but it to a degree it is to the said private areas. They're not undergoing as much pressure and whatever. So that kind of makes sense to me that they would have more fertile beings. But mm-hmm. at the same time, as a person who personally doesn't want to have children, maybe that means I should wear two layers of underwear well, to make it really not fertile because I am not trying to have a kid till I'm 30. <laughs> the other benefit is it reduces the risk of testicular cancer. Okay. Um, because, again, your your testicles are getting the ventilation it needs in order to be healthy and thrive. Mm-hmm. Your testicles are supposed to be cooler than the rest of your body. That's that why they hang out. Yes. I did not know it that. It does not make logical sense for you to have to conceal your testicles in your underwear if they're supposed to get so ventilation. So, anything, we should all have, like, refrigerator underwear. I was thinking crotchless that, pants. That <laughs> Just letting <laughs> yeah. them always fly. Um, See, that's there's the free mm-hmm. the nip movement. Why isn't the free the nuts movement? I always <laughs> yeah, try to push that one. Nobody I'm like, wants guys, to see that. I know, But well, right? you don't have to. Just wear kilts. Don't look at yeah, it. Yeah, you got a point. Unless we all grew out really long, then no one would be able to see it in general. <laughs> uh, so another benefit to uh, nudity and nude beaches is uh, a boost in self-confidence. Right. If you Why can strut wear- it just as you, yeah. what other confidence booster can you give of someone at least just not saying, ooh, you're gross. If you can just make it from lap to lap without anyone saying anything, that should be enough in your head to be like, hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe no one cares. Or yeah, at least, so- yeah, at least maybe no one cares. If you go to a nude beach or a nudist resort, not a swinger resort, we're going to talk that that's different. Um, we can with talk a different about swingers, set of, Patrick. We can, <laughs> but that's a different set of standards for from your standard nudist resort. If you go to a nudist resort, you're not going to find the top hot models there. Uh, you're going to find, find people a bunch of old of people usually. Yeah, well, yeah, it's old, a lot of old middle people. age, older people. They're they're the main um, demographic audience. for nude apparel. Not saying that they're the only people there, but my point is you're going to find a lot of different types, body types there. Mm-hmm. You're going to find, you know, people of different ages. You're going to find people of different weights, you know, sizes, heights, mm-hmm. um, girth. <laughs> you're I, just I don't really mean, try not so, to. So I, I'm, I'm being half serious when yeah. I say that. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm being half serious when I say that. 
Um, and that kind of body diversity and being able to be in an environment where you can show yourself and nobody's going to judge you. You could still go and play sand volleyball nude. You just may get some sand in some areas you may, you may not get like. sand in areas you may not like if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, but nobody's going to judge you for the size of your ding dong or yeah, you know, how, how, that people are how going big out. you are. Like People don't go specifically out to nude beaches to be like, oh my God, look at George's wing wang. It's so much smaller than everyone else's. Mm -hmm. Like The point of them is to... Like be open, be free. Let let nature take you. Let the wind course throughout you. Like I've never understood the hate that nude beaches get because people view them as such toxic and I guess cesspools for yeah. predators. When for, all reality, I think sex, it's just a chance for there's there's not a lot nothing, of that going on. There's to nothing, my knowledge, yeah, there's uh, a lot of people view nude beaches as one of these sex pools. And mm -hmm. No, and I don't think that's not. the case. I think it's a in fact, fake sex image that's not been presented allowed. us. Anything sexual is not allowed on your traditional nudist resort. Yeah. they're not about you know getting because they're sexual not pushing stuff. sexuality. They're pushing the right to be openly nude. Mm -hmm. That's their goal is just to be naked nude, publicly. Yeah, and I, that's, that's what it different is. Nude, for a swing not sex. So that's a good that's, way to put it. That of course that's different for a swinger resort. That's why I said that's why <laughs> yeah. I differentiated between a swinger resort and a nude resort. Uh, well, to, to potentially talk about swinger resorts, that leads us into our next topic, which is <laughs> not quite swingers, but depending on how your personal adventures have gone, possibly. I am gonna. We're each gonna share a story from our own personal lives with the last remaining sixteen-ish minutes we've got here. We're gonna talk about the worst date we've ever been on. I'll tell you the worst date I've ever been on to start it off with. And as I'm developing this terrible experience that I went on. I would like each of you, Brent and Patrick, to give me an example of probably one of the worst dating slash relationship last something experiences you've had. Here's mine. I once was talking to this girl who was all about Halloween. She loved Halloween, right? She kept talking about it. It was approaching like Halloween. Talk, 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 talk. She was like, you know, I'm going to throw a big Halloween party at my house. And I'm like, oh, this, this sounds like a lot of fun. She said, I really need you to be my date. Multiple times I had conveyed to her, now, this is a costume party. Check. I need to be in a costume. Check. You're going to be in a costume. Check. Other people will be in a costume. Check. The day finally comes. I am now at her doorstep, head to toe, dressed like Macho Man Randy Savage. And I don't mean, like, casually dressed like Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, I had a purple bandana i had a fake beard i had shades on i had his macho t-shirt on i had jeans and boots on i kicked in the door saying oh yeah the tower of power is too sweet to be sour when it's funky like a monkey when sky is the limit and space is the place only to find that every girl had what the equivalent of cat ears and nothing else on and every boy in the party had a basketball jersey on no one was in costume is the point I'm trying to convey here, Patrick. Or not they were one in person, that kind of costume. Not one person was in a costume. And I am now what to many of these little masses think is a police officer in costume <laughs> bursting in the door oh my God. demanding alcohol of some kind is somewhat hilarious. So I can get the, the perspective of it, but to wrap up the really bad date, at least for mine, was she didn't even... We didn't even have the date. She ran off with another guy as soon as I got there because I was the only one in costume and I looked like a fool. But my reasoning is, why would she let me come? Complete. She knew I was completely dressed up the in Macho is Man. The problem didn't come. <sighs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but that's probably one of my worst date experiences, going to a costume party, and I'm the only one in costume. Yeah. And that was, I mean, as soon as I walked through the door, I really wanted to just be shot in the head at that point. Like, I was like, I don't want to be here. This feels terrible. This is a mistake. Because <laughs> I don't think I've had a worse one than that, getting completely stood up, not by one person, but really by a whole party. Because she, I mean, I had contacted multiple people that were going to be there like, yeah, 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 it's going to be a costume party. You freaking liars. What if it was just an elaborate scheme? A scheme to get a macho thinking, man. What if she intended to do that? To she was just fishing. You. She's like, I just want a macho man at the party, like a <laughs> clown. He'll be he'll be the entertainment. And be like, no, madam, I was trying to get Lizzie laid, and it did not happen. So, but okay, hold on. How how would you expect him to get laid dressed as macho? Man? How do you expect not to get laid as macho man? The guy <laughs> He's, breathed sexuality. He was everything a man needed to be, from his oiled biceps down to that. Rich, thick beard, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god! Right, like I said, I disappointing radio hour. <laughs> if there is a time, limit, we will get worse. But now that you've heard of my terrible endeavors, I would like to hear a really bad date from each of you. Oh, I wish I had something more exciting. But uh, I mean, as far as like, like worst date, I guess as far as uh, you know, an actual like, hey, let's go here, do this, that uh, date kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've either gotten really lucky or oh my. I've just never um, never really... Never had a bad one? I mean, it's either I've gotten lucky and just started, never had a bad one or, or uh, I, I don't so really... So you slipped through the cracks of like not having to go through a really terrible date. Yeah, I mean, there's been some where it's, it's meh, but it's never anything where it's like I want to yank my you would hair rate out. It as, you're, there's none to your knowledge that you would rate as like a zero. No. Okay, but um, this was a zero for Brighton. Yeah, <laughs> being the only one in a costume party in costume was definitely a big fat zero from yeah. for me. I don't know if I got lucky or if like the people that I actually choose to agree to go on these dates with, uh, or choose to ask, are people that I'm already positive enough, mm-hmm. you know, and know them well enough to where I know it's not going to be horrible. Like I've never gone on like a blind date. You're very or safe. You're very yeah. like a safe dater. You're not going to yeah. like. Re- we did a blind date thing once together, we and that did. was funny. We did <laughs> not. We didn't go on a blind date together. Let me let me make that really clear, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that me and Brent both went to a blind date thing. Uh, speed dating. Speed dating, I guess, is what we should call it. But it was kind of a blind date because we didn't know who it was. Right. And to our knowledge, it was only going to be Sammy. Which yeah. I'm really glad it wasn't because right. I was really glad that all of us weren't competing just to go on a date with Sammy, who which we work with. So right. that wouldn't work anyway. It would be against our regulations. Hey now, uh, love be, has huh? no regulations, Patrick. But uh, <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I guess I mean I did. So the one time, so I had a long term girlfriend for a couple of years. Okay, and uh, uh, my family, you know, we'd always went on our vaca- our family vacations together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then this time we were going to instead of going. Uh, overseas we just went to uh north carolina this one time and uh they went on a limb and was like hey once you bring uh once you bring that's a dice roll uh, bringing the significant other on a vacation right that's a scary thought she's like this could go really well or really bad well they went really bad (laughs) (laughs) uh we'll call her uh patricia patricia uh, for for to hide an, the anonymity's sake, to to spare. Uh, wait, this, girl. this isn't the date you had with me, is it? <laughs> Patrick, <Aww>. shut up! <laughs> Patrick, you're giving away. Stop. It was you. Oh, Stop! I didn't even put that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's uh, it's me. Uh, my my cousin's from Virginia, um, and then uh, my my cousin, the the oldest one, uh, Hannah. She had just graduated that year, so it was okay. her and a bunch of her friends, um. There were like a you know maybe like four girls and five or six guys or so, mm-hmm. um, 
and uh you know we're at we're at north carolina we're we're uh beachside uh hanging out in these we rented some uh, houses down there for a while and uh i don't know what the freaking deal was but <laughs> like she just she never left her the the room like she <sighs> it was always it was always something like you know like that does sound terrible. It, it didn't make any sense because she'd always been so like outgoing and extrovert. And, yeah, I mean, she definitely wasn't an extrovert, but definitely somebody that I is easy to. You get wouldn't to. deem socially awkward, right? But then, like over the years, and then at this point, it definitely peaked. Like just more and more uh, closed off, and mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden, like uh, out of nowhere, apparently a super anxious person, which okay. like seemed to come out of right field. Uh, <laughs> I don't really understand. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I, she was also a very jealous person, but it doesn't make okay. any sense to me because I, you know, everybody knew the situation, like, Hey, that's my girlfriend. And she was very easily equal, if not on this, at a higher caliber than the other girls that were already there. So it's yeah. not like, you, you know, weren't, she's a, some bridge troll and I'm hanging out with models. Yeah. Like, no, she had nothing to really get upset about. Yeah. And like, she just, exactly. And it was just, it was, I was, it was crap. So I, I honestly, when I look back at those memories, I don't have a single memory of that vacation Being that she happy was a part of. Good. No, I had a great time. Like with her. With her, yeah. No, I had a good time. I was like, whatever. I don't know what she's on, but I'm gonna go have a good freaking time here yeah. at OBX. Like, let's turn up. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I wasn't gonna let her ruin my vacation. Okay. Um, so, whatever. But uh, my parents were like, "That's never happening again." <laughs> we're never gonna bring a significant other on a vacation. Yeah. That went terrible. Yeah. And it was a couple months later where we're. Things plaqued or <laughs> things peaked, and uh, would you say that the vacation was a definitive reason that you probably split off? It was definitely. It, there were some signs leading up where it's like, you know, this isn't really working out too great, and then that Can't was the like, sign said all that, right? <laughs> and then that was like the big punch to the face, like mm, you really need to reconsider. And then from there, I was, you know, that kind of got the ball really rolling, and uh, things stopped. Dang, that is a really crappy date. Going on vacation with someone. A week-long date. Yeah, a week-long date. That is a really bad date. Patrick, you're the last one, buddy. What's what's What you got in the caliber? This what's your worst experience? You got nothing. You got nothing. You've had to have something bad. Some awkward fart on a date, at least, or, like, something. You've <laughs> yeah. got to have something in the chamber for, like, bad memory. We've all got one. You've got no I mean, archive. I've had, I've had bad relationship experiences, but they did not occur on a date. Okay, give me like. Well, that's like what mine Okay, was. give me yeah. If anything, give me a really bad experience. Mm, I'm gonna pass because there's nothing entertaining about it. It's like <laughs> just sad, that dark. Yeah. We could spend the next seven minutes just letting Patrick get really depressed on air. <laughs> <laughs> next seven minutes is just pass on the back. Like okay, I uh, I can give a second bad date to fill up Patrick's. I one time because I can't really talk because I have an infinite amount of bad dates because I infinitely pick terrible women excluding my (laughs) current girlfriend who's very lovely but uh this girl mrs disappointment as i like to call her off air uh we (laughs) were i was with a girl it was the first date she came over hung out it was going all right do the normal date things watch movies talk all that then she discloses she wants to go home and to my knowledge i was totally okay with it because we had worked out. I was going to take her home. She was in Dayton, not that far of a drive. Apparently, somewhere, the details had changed without coming to light. Because now she says, well, I don't know why you waited so long to drive to Cincinnati. And I said, excuse me? Oh, she said, no. no, no, no. Like, I live in Cincinnati. You have to take me to Cincinnati right now. And I was like, right now? She goes, yeah. And I was like, dude, it's midnight. She goes, well, that's the way she goes, boys. 
So then I ended up driving oh, yeah. all the way to Cincinnati that night, taking her home, never speaking to her again, because I was like, the fact that you, I think she purposely hit it just so she'd be like, like, I don't know if it was out of a not wanting to bring it up kind of thing, or she knew what was happening all along. She just didn't want to say, but dude, like that was a long drive. And I think that just the drive itself made it such a terrible experience for me that I just never wanted to see that person again. I do that drive all the time, so <sighs> I can relate. I used to I used to have a girlfriend that lived in Columbus, and the commute was just terrible because I always did it alone. And that, that was the worst yep, part yeah. of it. Like if I had like music is fine, but like she always wanted to call me on the way there. And like I don't drive on the phone very well. I don't uh -oh. like talking and entertaining when, like, I just, like, if I'm going to be my, by myself, give me music. If not, be there in person. Don't be there over phone. That doesn't count. I don't need that. That just hinders my driving ability. You know what I mean? You're I'm a not, distraction in my life. You're a distraction, <laughs> and I don't need you. Yeah, I only really like to talk on the phone while I drive on the highway. Mm -hmm. You know, I have three moods of highway driving because uh, I go up from Cincinnati to Dayton every weekend. It's well, funny that you bring up highway driving because right. Shay told me some one? funny endeavors. <laughs> From the Detroit trip. What did I do? So, from what I have heard uh, recently during the Detroit WWSU women's basketball game, which they won, not to humble brag. It's lit. It's lit. They got but, the uh, most lit I was told that you guys game. had a GPS when you were driving there, and it was you, Christian, and Shay. Yeah, yeah. And the GPS, I guess, for an example, said, like, arrival time, 540, and it was then it changed to like 535 and i guess brent was just freaking out like i am speed <laughs> hey, hey hey on the drive there i cut that thing down by 11 minutes okay? that's a sizable chunk of time actually so, brent explain uh your car breaking down then oh, your car breakdown which one uh my how, wait which why do you know we gave that? you that look the like you shouldn't one. even know about how do you that? know about that <laughs> when didn't did I, you when did when, i talk about that that was a really good date then huh <laughs> you talking about like <laughs> good one? Yeah, I love it. You talking about like about this dating. week? This week? Is that what you're talking about? Because my car just died last week. Yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah. What did you do? I didn't do anything. I think the the EPC <laughs> so solenoid. Hey 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 hey. Let's pretend so like I have say. no idea what car parts mean and explain it to me like I'm four. <laughs> okay. So explain it to him like a body part. Explain it to me like I'm Brighton Jones, the host of the Disappointed Radio <laughs> Hour. Right. So I'll try to do a quickie version. But That's like, what so said. I'm gonna kill, I'm gonna walk over there. I'm gonna choke you on air, and we're gonna record it. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm out of here. I'm getting off. And that's been Brent's time. <laughs> all right, so an automatic transmission is driven by fluid, okay. by your transmission fluid, and obviously when you're working with fluids, there's a lot to do with pressure going on. Yes. And there's a lot of electronics and everything that monitors this pressure and regulates this pressure throughout the whole transmission, and there's something called an EPC solenoid, uh, electronic pressure control solenoid. Um, and that kind of dictates uh, the pressure uh, that gets sent where at what time uh, in your transmission for it to operate uh, correctly. Mm -hmm. And I was driving it all night the night before, and I got about three miles into my drive that day, and the, and the transmission started slipping like crazy. It was getting okay. like no power to the wheels. Uh -oh. um, and uh, I think my all the symptoms kind of point towards either something with a torque converter uh, or with an EPC solenoid failing. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like messing something up, that ain't that ain't me, Chief. Don't, don't trust me. I know when I break. So I've, you say I've drive the thing hard sometimes, <laughs> so I know what it's like when you break something. And I didn't break anything. I wasn't doing anything stupid at the time. You could have so. contributed to it eventually breaking. <laughs> we'll find out after it gets to the shop on Monday. <laughs> That's funny. 
We'll I find out after back. this commercial break. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're leading to the end of our show here with only a few minutes left. I like to end the show on a very hilarious note, so I guess we'll use this time to re-bring up a bit that me and Patrick were talking about before oh, no. we came on the show, which was funny things that you can do either uh, in a relationship or in bed that you also do in church. <laughs> on your knees, sucker. Praising that holiness uh my favorite one was in a relationship and in church you let someone inside of you for the betterment oh of yourself <laughs> jesus christ baby yeah things that you can say or do in or, both uh, instances that would make sense or you either get holy water or something else all over your face <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. being you get drenched by in the a liquid to feel during better during palm sunday <laughs> You get sprayed by the priest's Both juices. of which you get donuts afterwards if you're good. I mean, if you're leaving, <laughs> if you're leaving the church or the bedroom wet, something went well. So you're, Oh, this you're was another well. bit, and we didn't quite get to touch on this, but we can use it for a quick antidote. Uh, Jesus, you heard of him. He's famous enough. I think He so. turned his blood into wine. If you could change your blood into any liquid, what would you change your blood into? Orange juice. And why? <laughs> because it has OJ. No. <laughs> oh, I'm not making that joke. The juice is loose. I think the most American answer is Mountain Dew. That's a pretty yeah, American, American answer. That is so a very American answer. <laughs> okay. America. I'm, I like it. Well, this isn't my answer, but I can I can up American you. Oh, beer. you want to fight? Beer. Hey, well, well, <laughs> Do you have a specific kind of die. beer that you would like to put in the blood? I said that shrink? wasn't my answer. I was just one, one up <laughs> American. If you were going to go him. for an, a more American answer, would you pick Pabst Blue Ribbon, Ribbon because it is the Pizza. national anthem beer for white rednecks? <laughs> no, because you guys got I, Coors I, Light. I really you guys got a Coors Light up in here? I would probably go for a Coors Light. Okay. Well, what would you realistically not, change your blood to? What I would realistically... More blood? I don't... What? What <laughs> I realistically... More blood, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Realistically, I'd no, want to change like, the blood. You had to make it a beverage because for some reason Jesus is like, what if I could drink my blood? <laughs> I was just about to say maybe like apple juice or something. Is that your favorite like beverage of snack choice? I think that it yeah. depicts down... Apple if I could change my blood in anything, I think it'd be cream soda. Yeah. How, oh, yeah. how delicious choice. would cream. it be if you just like scraped your knee and just started... Oh, just sucking cream. on the, the cut. Put, put and it was nice, delicious nice, cream soda. Uh, I'm going to cover up my wound with a nice scoop of vanilla bean ice cream. I have to wrap yeah. these bandages or the ants will get in. All right. Since, since we brought it up and it reminded me, I want to bring up two stupid little things. What's that? <laughs> Thing number one. How do you, you think Jesus really cares if he gets cut off at a bar? You know what I mean? Like, you know, no more for you. You're only drinking water from here on out. He's like... <laughs> Huh, Jokes okay. on you. I can turn that water to wine. Jokes and on you. You thought it was wine, but it was really water. Right? Jokes on you. I know if you're going into heaven or not. He <laughs> like gets really deep with the guy. He's like, whoa, man, I'm sorry. You're not cut off. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I apologize. Second thing being, uh, who missed the opportunity to call the little, what do they call them? The little bread. The, wafer the, thing. The wafers, yeah. I'm not wafers? Catholic, so I wouldn't know. I don't know, whatever Let's it is. Let's call them communion Crackers. wafers. Yeah, those wafer <laughs> I things. I think that's what they're actually called. Somebody really dropped wafers. the ball. Somebody dropped the ball hard. Because why didn't you call them Jesus? They're oh freaking Jesus. God. See, that's amazing. That's a joke I made a couple of years ago. I was, thought, funny I was called Christ Crackers. Christ Crackers. Because I never no, knew I go, what exactly go, to call the communion wafers. I go even further Also, because communion right. wafers aren't that important of a thing to know, because nah. religion topics don't matter that so, much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Brett, I want to tell you about my new religion. Have you ever heard of the fork and grater Jesus fries? Oh my gosh. All right, I'm out of here. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will leave you disappointed and upset. <laughs> this has been the show, and you've been wonderful, ladies and gentlemen.